coming to you from the mountains and the plains. The only conservative voices brave enough to push back. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Altman. That's what the Second Amendment was designed to do. If you're going to do something to, to nullify or take away my rights under the Constitution, come get it. Max McGuire. When you look at politicians on the left, um, they need to convince people that they are victims. A resistance to the resistance. And now your hosts, Joe Altman and Max McGuire. Hey, everyone. Happy Thursday. Apologies for coming on a little late. Slight technical hiccups. Uh, it's a little bit more complicated since I'm banned from Facebook. Josh has to set up the Facebooks, the Facebook stream. So um, we had a little hiccup today, but we should be live now on all of the platforms that we are still allowed to go live on. Facebook, DLive, Twitch, because they don't know about us yet, and conservative-daily.com. So welcome to the podcast. Today is going to be a continuation in a lot of ways, of yesterday's show, because a lot more has come to light. A lot more has happened. We've seen LeBron James throw himself in the, in the middle of this. We talk about all of that. We The White House decided that they were going to talk about the Columbus shooting as, as if it's police violence. A lot has come to light. Um, so make sure you hit that thumbs up. We're live on Facebook. We had to redo Facebook, so um, the old one isn't working. It's a new one on Facebook. Give us a thumbs up, comment, share. DLive, make sure you comment. Very, very important so we can get up in the rankings. And Twitch, comment, comment, comment. Okay, so let's just get this right out of the way. Let's just go right to the image of LeBron's tweet. Let's put up image one. This is what LeBron James tweeted yesterday. You're next. Hashtag accountability, and then a picture of the police officer who shot and killed Makia, the 15-year-old woman, girl, woman, whatever, who was in the process of murdering someone. So that was from LeBron James. He, I guess, decided to delete it because I guess he understood that is a bad look to be trying to gin up a race war, like jump uh, the mob against a police officer. Um, so he deleted it. I'm pulling up his Twitter now just to make sure we get this. Okay, here we go. So go to my screen, Mr. Producer. He said anger, this is him explaining why he deleted it. Anger does, it has a typo. Oh, this is so unfortunate. Anger does any of us any good. And that includes myself. Oh, this is going to be rough. This is going to be a rough read through for everyone on the audio version. I apologize. This is, this is, if I, if I was writing this in parentheses, I'd put sick just to make sure everyone understands that the typo is him, not me. Anger does any of us any good. <laughs> I'm sorry. And that includes myself gathering all the facts and educating does though. My anger still is here for what happened. That little girl, my sympathy for her family and made justice prevail black hands praying black fist heart crown emojis so that was his first tweet and then he did this one because apparently he want he, he didn't think he had he had done enough he said i'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police police i took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate this isn't about one officer it's about the entire system and they always use our words to create more racism I am so desperate for more accountability. Accountability. No black hand emojis in this one. So that was his follow-up explaining why. I like the first one better. Just completely written. I mean, this one, I don't, I don't like to education shame anyone, but this tweet does look like someone who just went to the NBA right out of high school and didn't bother getting a college education. Like college education isn't that important for everyone. Everyone doesn't need it. But this definitely looks like someone who skipped college to go play basketball. How he wrote it. Yeah, you can go ahead and say I'm education shaming. I don't care. It was a poorly written tweet. And that's how you know his publicist wasn't writing this one. We can go ahead and take that down. So LeBron James, the original tweet, will put it up again because he wants accountability. 
As he said, I'm so damn tired. I just want accountability. Put up that image one again. The accountability, I want accountability for him. Because this is, obviously, the police department released the guy's name. This picture is all out there. But this is LeBron James. He is probably the most popular basketball player in the National Basketball Association. NBA, for short. And he's saying, you're next with an hourglass. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? It's not us twisting your words. You decide to try and dox this guy. To try and set the mob on him. And now you're now you're pretending like we're twisting your words to create race where race doesn't exist. No, no, that was your words. You're next. Hourglass hashtag accountability. It's almost like TikTok, TikTok. The mob is coming for you. Incredible. Incredible. I, I just I can't believe that. Like th there was a story a couple weeks ago about a guy in the NBA who was sending a private message to someone, cursing them out. And the guy leaked the private message and that guy got fined. Like, wait, wait, it was a private message. Doesn't matter. It was leaked. So he got fined. Notice how nothing's happened to LeBron James yet. He's literally setting the mob on a police officer. And nothing's happened to him yet. No suspension, no fines. I mean, maybe something's happened while we've been waiting to go live. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything happen to him. That's black privilege. Because I guarantee you, if the roles were reversed and a white NBA player had tweeted a picture of a black perpetrator and said, you're next for shooting a cop, guarantee you they'd be suspended from the NBA. Guarantee you they'd be fined. Not, not even a question. This is black privilege. And then this is why I don't buy the whole white privilege. I don't buy the whole systemic racism thing. This is LeBron James. Not only is he obviously a, a black man, not only is he the, what I, I assume one of the highest paid players in the NBA, not only is he um, like an, a, a pop icon, he did it without going to college, right? <laughs> He's allowed to do this and there's no punishment yet. There might be, but there's no punishment. That's black privilege. Black privilege, you're able to shout racist things, say racist things under the guise of fighting racism and nothing bad happens to you. Yeah, Mr. Producer Josh is typing in the Facebook comments to me and in, his, in mess, our chat. He might be the most popular person on the planet. That's possible. I, I guarantee he walks down the street in any country on earth and people know who he is. And there's no punishment? There's, there's, there's no reprimand. It's allowed to stay up overnight and he takes it down. Twitter didn't even take it down. Like we get banned from social media for everything, right? If, if I copy and paste a picture, a, a still frame from the shooting, I get suspended for seven days. The most popular man on the planet doxes and says, you're next. And it obviously, obviously a threat. Not only does it stay up, but he is allowed to continue tweeting. That's black privilege. It exists. Black privilege exists. Black privilege is when you do something in the name of fighting racism and you're able to get away with pretty much anything. Right? It doesn't matter. They're, they're fighting racism, so it's okay. Now, now this, is, this is ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous at this point. And, and if people keep doing this, people are going to get killed. Right. If anything happens to this cop, anything, and I mean anything, this cop gets punched, this cop gets shot, stabbed, har harassed, assaulted, anything. If anything happens to this cop, that's on LeBron James as far as I'm concerned. Just like I think that the Derek Chauvin case is on Maxine Waters. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't go to Minnesota and, and start spouting off BS that you're not going to, there's going to continue to be protests unless we get the, we get the uh, verdict we want and then say it has nothing to do with the outcome. No, not at all. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. But this is even worse. This is even worse. The, the White House, as I hinted at the start, the White House decided that 
absent all the facts. Like, we, I'm not going to play the video. We're not going to go into, oh, she was holding a knife. She was. She was holding a knife. She was in the process of stabbing someone. First officer on the scene stopped her from murdering another human being. And now he's being vilified. The White House, apparently, and this is a day later, after all these facts have come out, the White House decided to paint a different picture. And instead of saying, thank God that police officer was there to save a black child or a black teenager from being gutted like a fish. Instead of saying that, the White House decided to present the whole Columbus shooting as another instance of police violence against African Americans. Let's go ahead and play. This is Jen Psaki, the circle back girl. Let's go ahead and play cut number one. The killing of 16-year-old Michaela Bryant by the Columbus police is tragic. She was a child. We're thinking of her friends and family and the communities that are hurting and grieving her loss. We know that police violence disproportionately impacts uh, black and Latino people in communities and that black women and girls, like black men and boys, experience higher rates of police violence. We also know that there are particular vulnerabilities that children in foster care, care like Micaiah, face. And her death came, as you noted, just as America was hopeful of a step forward after the traumatic and exhausting trial of Derek Chauvin and the verdict that was reached. So our focus is on um, working to address systemic racism and implicit, implicit bias head on, and of course, to passing laws and legislation that will put much needed reforms into place at police departments around the country. So that means nothing, right? Oh, we're gonna put much needed laws into place no what what the bill that they're talking about it's like the justice for george floyd act and like stopping racist police act we, we covered a facts blast on this yesterday you go into the bill it has nothing to do with that that shooting right it, it would make it a hate crime it would make it a civil rights violation for a police officer in any way to restrict or limit air intake of a suspect during an arrest so if, if they are, if they have to kneel on him to stop him, which taking what happened to George Floyd out of it is very common for when a suspect is on his stomach, laying on the ground for police officers to be on top of him, to use their weight to stop him from moving. It is very common for when a police officer is trying to subdue a much larger attacker and doing it all alone for that police officer to employ a chokehold, not to restrict airflow, but to restrict blood flow to the brain by, by choking them off, right? Anyone who's taken martial arts class knows what I'm talking about. I don't know the exact term for the, the move, but you wrap your arm around someone's neck and you briefly restrict blood flow to the brain. It knocks them unconscious. And then when you, when you let up, you restore blood flow to the brain, like 99.9999999% of the time, the person regains consciousness in like five, 10 seconds, right? So it's a, it's a very safe maneuver for police officers to use when they are worried about being murdered by a much larger, much stronger assailant, and they're trying to arrest him alone. If any police officer does that under this bill that the White House is mentioning there, any police officer does anything to restrict or inhibit someone's breathing during an arrest, during an arrest, that would be a civil rights violation. So you, you put someone on the ground, you kneel on their back so they don't squirm away, civil rights violation. Right, you you arrest someone next to a tailpipe of a car, civil rights violation. That's carbon monoxide, bro. This is crazy. This is insane. And and a, let's talk about what the left loves: a female cop, a female cop going up against a much larger assailant. The one tool in her toolbox, other than deadly force or less than lethal options, the chokehold, the way to actually subdue him, would be a civil rights violation. So they would rather that police officer die than be able to arrest the assailant or the suspect. Everyone in the comment section saying, I said, bruh. Yeah, I said it. I could speak the lingo. I'm not that old, bruh. <laughs> this is insanity. None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense whatsoever. Go to my screen, Mr. Bruce. There was another shooting in Columbus because apparently kids get shot every day there. And I just want you to look at, at what this headline says. Police, 15-year-old boy charged in shooting death of another 15-year-old in Southeast Columbus. That, um, that doesn't tell the whole story whatsoever. This is what I mean. When the headlines, I mean, that at least says the 15-year-old was responsible. I've seen other headlines that say the 15-year-old, that basically just say a 15-year-old was shot and killed um, and, and don't actually explain who did it. 
This is why you always got to do a deep dive. This is the incident report. Incident report. So let's uh, scroll down and I'll read a little bit of this. On Tuesday, April 20th, 2021, at 3.52 p.m., Columbus police officers were called to the 3200 block of Marion Place on report of a shooting. On arrival, officers found 15-year-old Trayvon Dixon suffering from an apparent gunshot wound. CFD Medic 21 transported Dixon to Mount Carmel East Hospital in critical condition, where he was pronounced deceased at 4.31 p.m. Meanwhile, 15-year-old Nasir Nadai was transported from the scene to Children's Hospital by a private vehicle where he was treated for a gunshot wound. After taking Nadai to the hospital, the person or persons who transported Nadai fled from the hospital in their tra- transporting vehicle. The incident revealed that Nadai shot Dixon for unknown reasons, fatally wounding Dixon. Dixon was able to return fire, wounding Nadai before collapsing. Detectives have charged Nadai with murder for causing Dixon's death. They buried the lead. They buried the lead because, yes, 15-year-old charged in shooting death of another 15-year-old. Absolutely. It's a technically accurate headline. But what they buried is that there was a shootout. We, we see all these all the time that the kids, for whatever reason, either accidentally or they bring a gun to school because they're tormented or they're deranged, right? A kid brings a gun to school, shoots someone. But in this situation, he shot him and the victim pulled out their own gun and shot back. This was a 15-year-old shootout in Columbus. Kids drawing on each other like it's a Wild West film. A shootout, not a shooting. This was a battle. What the hell's going on in Columbus that kids are just engaging in gunfights in the street? But no, no, the problem is police violence. Has nothing to do with the fact that kids aren't being brought up right. Like, I, I get so tired. I get so tired of, of the, the nonsense that, oh, police need more training. I'm sure there's police who probably do need training. And I, I think lots of good cops. I think that probably they should be in the range more, shooting more targets. Not saying that cops don't go on their own, but they should have to qualify more than just once a year, once every two years, whatever it is. I think it's, it's a good idea to have police constantly qualify. But I'm not worried about their training. Right, police have a ton of training. The training that we desperately need comes from the parents. Comes from the parents in these communities. They have 15, 16, 17, 18 years to train their kid not to shoot a police officer. To train their kid that when you're getting arrested, just calmly put your hands behind your back and just go to jail. Don't run, don't fight. They have 18 years to train their kid not to mouth off. Not to commit a crime. That's the training that we desperately need in this country. Not police training, but yet we, we need that. It's good. But the training that's lacking is coming in the home. Like if you agree. Give me a thumbs up on Facebook if you agree. I want to see tons of thumbs up. And comment if you agree. Because I, it's, it's pissing me off. And I, I get it. Joe, if Joe was here, he'd say there's lots of mitigating circumstances. That's entirely true. In the African American community, there is a it, there's a pandemic of fatherless homes. That is undeniably true. Undeniably true. There are other things at work here that yeah are 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 a lot harder to fix. But they all it all comes down to for whatever reason these kids are reaching teenage years and they haven't been taught you can't just kill people. You can't just shoot people. You can't just fight a police officer. That's the training that is desperately lacking. And the fact that this girl, Makia, was in a foster home, that's even worse. I mean, Joe has his thoughts on foster homes, but that's not, we're not even talking about a a fatherless household. This is a home that the state has chosen to be a good home to raise kids. And I get it. Not all foster parents are good. I understand that. But here it's actually a governmental problem because they put these kids in a home where the parents, the foster parents, apparently aren't teaching them that you can't just grab a chef's knife and gut people in the middle of our driveway. No, there's a, there's a problem here. And the problem is not police officers. And that is not to say that there aren't bad cops out there. We all know they are. We've all had experiences with cops in one way or another that we say, wow, they were an ass. They were a total ass. We've all had that. But when you boil it down, the problem is not that there are bad cops. The problem is that the cops are actually having to respond to very real crimes. And they're having to deal with very real criminals. Like, I, I, 
there's still people pushing the BS that she was unarmed. That's still happening. We played it yesterday. I'm going to pull it up real quick. We played it up. We played it yesterday. And uh, and I, I, I actually didn't even mention who this was because I didn't even know because I'm not I'm not all that knowledgeable on who's who in the black community. Um, but go ahead, put up my screen. Ben Crump, he is the attorney, I believe, the attorney for the George Floyd family. And this is the guy yesterday, two days ago, who said that she was unarmed. That's still being, still being pushed. That Makia was unarmed. So yeah, maybe, maybe uh, LeBron James thinks that. Maybe he thinks that she was unarmed. Maybe that's why he said that we need accountability. I don't know. But when you have a lawyer, he's, this isn't a nobody. This is the lawyer for George Floyd's family going out there saying she was unarmed without any evidence. Like I always used to love when Trump would come out and say something and the media report without evidence, Trump made the claim. You notice how they don't do that for the left? They don't do that for Joe Biden. They don't do that for Jen Psaki. They don't put in there that they made a claim without evidence. They just let them talk. They just let them talk. This is, this is so dangerous. And that's why the title of today is Do Leftists Want a Race War? I don't want one. I don't want any war. I've said this on the show a lot. I have two kids. I have a three-year-old and I have a newborn. I don't want a war. No one wants war. I mean, some people out there probably would enjoy it, but no one really wants it. No one wants a civil war. No one wants a race war. We all just want to just keep our heads down, raise a family, be allowed to exercise our rights and just, and just have, be happy, right? No one wants a race war, except for apparently the left. Like they say, they, they always say that there's, that there's so many white supremacists out there and like, oh, the country isn't going downhill because of the white supremacists. Now, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, yeah, you'd, you'd be right. 70 years ago, you'd be able to go to uh, you'd be able to go to Charlottesville, Virginia, and you'd be able to have a real Klan rally. I mean, back then, you could have they could have a Klan rally, and there'd be enough Klan members to fill a small stadium. Right? Fast forward to modern day, that Charlottesville thing that Joe Biden says is what launched him into politics again. That's Charlottesville where you saw the stupid white kids with the tiki torches shouting racist crap. They weren't all from Virginia. They came from out of state. Just to show you how little influence white supremacy has on society today. You go back 60, 70 years, the Klan ruled the South. The Klan ruled different areas of the country. My dad grew up in New Jersey and there was a large Klan presence in his town growing up. They, they, they controlled the police, they controlled city hall, they controlled the school boards, right? They had control. Fast forward to today, Virginia can't even supply a Klan rally with enough Virginians. They had to pull from the entire country. The, the, this white supremacist movement is dying. It is not rising again. It is dying. Everyone understands that, that these people are crazy, that no one wants anything to do with these people. They're not gonna drive us into a race war. It's the left trying to gin it up, pitting black against white, making everything about race, boiling everything down into race. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So 888-441-1121 if you want to call in. I'm disgusted. I, it's just so tiring. It's so tiring because we see it. We see what's happening. We see how dishonest they are. We see how they are lying for not only personal gain. Obviously, that guy is Ben Crump is a race baiter. He he's now going to make his living on representing people who have been slighted or mistreated or or harmed by police. That's going to be his thing now. I mean, just wait for <laughs> Jesse Jackson and the like to get down there. They're obviously jing up for personal reasons, but they also are doing it for political reasons. They think that this will help them. And this is why I was I was actually happy. I'll admit, I watched CNN the other day. <gasps> yeah, I did. I watched CNN. And, uh, and I saw something that was very surprising. I always like to tune into CNN right at the end of Don Lemon, Don Lemon's show, right before Cuomo's show. Because the most newsworthy stuff tends to happen during that handoff where Lemon, Lemon, is talking to Cuomo. And they're kind of going off script. That's when the most newsworthy stuff happens. And, they sa and Don Lemon said something that was surprisingly honest and surprisingly refreshing. 
he he said that the police officer did the right thing in Columbus. Let's go ahead and play cut number two. You know, we were, you, know, you were really actually, you were, to be honest, let's let the audience into something. Uh, so Don and I heard about this story last night on social media while we were doing coverage for you of the Chauvin verdict last night. And the initial reports didn't seem right. And it was so interesting for me, as emotional and personal as these stories are to someone of color, especially Don, you with your background, you were cautious about it. You were saying, huh, I want to see this one. I want to see this. Um, because there was a lot of emotion and understandably so. you got a 16-year-old kid that's gone. Yeah. And it's a hard one. I do not know how to explain this to people in a way that doesn't make somebody very angry. Well, yes. And we're dealing with a lot of emotion right now. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. And I think that is um, um, it's real. And you have to take that. That part has to be taken in, into account. There's a lot of anguish. Uh, people are very emotional right now. But we've got to be fair about what happens when police arrive at scenes. It is tragic that it's a 16-year-old girl, just as it is tragic that it's a 13-year-old in Chicago. Um, when police are chasing people, they don't know how old they are. And they don't run and say, hey, how old are you? Oh, I'm 13. You know, my mom let me, that you don't know that. Or I'm 16. When they roll up on a scene, they see people tussling around. Someone has a knife. And their job is to protect and serve every life on that scene. And if they see someone who is in the process of taking a life, what is that decision? What decision do they have to make? And I know that people say, well, you know, you could do this, you could do that. Tasers don't work the way guns work. Not, Tas at, that, not at that distance. Not at that distance. And, and not with that amount of time. That, yeah, right. Tasers, then they don't always connect. So you've got to get, you know, two prongs or what have you, and it's got to connect or whatever. Yeah. Brutal honesty <clears throat> from Don Lamont. I mean, it would have been very easy for him to take the race baiting approach. But shock, he's up there actually being honest with, the, with his viewers that, no, listen, what do you expect a police officer to do when he gets out of a car and the first two things he sees are a girl getting kicked as hard as someone can, kicking her in the head, and another girl taking a chef's knife and just trying to shove it in someone's abdomen. What do you do as a cop? There's not a whole lot you can do. And saying, oh, he should have tased her. What? For, he's right. Tasers at that length. It's, it's, it's not like you're right up against someone. You're just pushing against them. You're hoping that those barbs both make contact. Other very honest thing, that girl was a big girl. For, for a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, she was a relatively big girl. No guarantee that a taser shooting barbs at that distance will stop her from following through with that, with that jab. Also, sending currents of electricity through her body might actually result in her finishing the stab. Now, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to deploy deadly force. It's as unfortunate as anything gets. No one likes anyone dying. But this narrative that she's just a baby, that she, she was the one who called for help. Now, as good as Don Lemon was, the ladies at The View disagreed with Lemon. We don't play a lot of The View here, mostly because we don't want to get copy striked. But because this is so newsworthy, uh, we're going to play a little bit of a clip, but just so you can understand just how unhinged the left is. This is a 16-year-old girl, 15, 16-year-old girl, trying to murder someone with a knife. It's all on video. And there are still people out there saying she shouldn't have been shot. She shouldn't have been shot at all. Let's play this short clip so you can get a feeling of what the left is, is saying. Let's play cut number three. Never thought about this. Well, you know, um, Don uh, Lemon and I are dear, dear friends, and we've been dear friends for a long time. Uh, and dear friends oftentimes disagree. And Don is wrong here. Uh, you know, my, my question is, you know, why is deadly force always the first order of business? And especially the first order of business when it comes to uh, black and brown people in this country. Her. Let's compare apples to apples. Let's compare this uh, young girl, 16 or uh, 16 years old or 17 years old to other 17 year olds. Let's compare her to Kyle Rittenhouse. Video was taken 15 minutes before Rittenhouse allegedly shot and killed two people. You know what officers did? He was carrying an assault weapon. 
the video shows the police shared water with him and thanked him for uh, uh, his presence. Also, after the shooting, he was able to leave the scene, even though Caught on video, he walked towards police with his hands up as protesters yelled that he had shot people. Let's also compare him to the Atlanta shooter, Robert Aaron Long. He was taken into custody without incident. And you know what the officer said that arrested him? The captain, that he was having a really bad day. How about comparing him to Dylan Roof? In June of 2015, he killed nine churchgoers. He was treated so kindly by police that he was taken to a Burger King. So was de-escalation okay. a possibility so, here in this case? Not with this black girl, not at all. What? Okay, let's unpack this for a second. Kyle Rittenhouse. I'd be very careful because I got suspended from Facebook being nice to Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't want that to happen again. That would be bad. Well, I'm already suspended. They can't suspend me twice, I guess. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse was an obvious example of self-defense. Now, you can argue it wasn't. He was on the ground being pummeled by a guy with a skateboard, and he opened fire. Big difference, when he approached police officers, he was not in the process of murdering someone. Yes, he was carrying a rifle, but as she said, his hands were up. Earlier in the night, when the police were being nice to him, he was not in the process of murdering someone. His rifle was slung, and he was not in the process. I'll say it again, because it might be hard for liberals to hear. He was not in the process of murdering someone. Dylan Roof, scum of the earth, in, in that church shooting. When police apprehended him, he was also not in the process of murdering someone. What, what is this... What does this lady want us to do? I don't even know her name. She's not important enough for me to remember her name. What does she want police to do? A guy kills kills a bunch of people. He's sitting in the church. Police come in. Just execute him? What, what does she expect police officers to do? As heinous as that crime was, you don't just put a gun to the guy's head and kill him right there. If he's not resisting, if he's not in the process of killing anyone else, if he's surrendering to police, what does she want him to do? Shoot and kill him? What? No. And, and here's the bit. She's trying to conflate, if you look at Rittenhouse, right, the idea of carrying a gun is the, somehow the equivalent to trying to actively murder someone with a knife. <laughs> Listen, Micaiah wasn't shot because she was illegally carrying a knife. She was shot because she was illegally in the act of shoving that knife into another human being. Plenty of states allow you to carry a knife legally as long as you're not trying to murder someone with it. There are different laws of how long the knife can be, what kind of knife. Lots of states have bans on spring-assisted knives. Uh, don't want to go too far off, but most of those bans against spring-loaded knives are because of West Side Story. You actually trace them back. The reason most states have bans on spring-assisted, spring-loaded knives is because politicians back in the day saw West Side Story, didn't want their kids to have those kinds of knives and just ban them. I mean, very silly, but you can carry knives. What does she want? Police officers just to execute anyone who has a knife on their belt and just, just start executing people who have knives in their pockets, pocket knives. Come on. This is, this is how stupid the left is. They're conflating it and, and they're trying to listen. The view has a lot of viewers. There are people who watch that and said, mm-hmm. Yep. She's speaking truth. Yeah, there's, there's people who watch that and said, yeah, you know what? They, they should have killed those white boys. Oh, yeah, yep, yeah, you know what? Because they didn't kill a white boy who had his hands up, they shouldn't have killed Micaiah who was stabbing someone. There are people who watch that and actually agree with it. That's how terrifying this all is. And then when you see the White House come out and say, oh, this is another instance of police violence. No, the story here is white police officer saves black girl's life. That's the takeaway. I was trying to find it. I saw it yesterday. I couldn't find it again. The girl who was in the process of being stabbed was caught also on body camera, another officer's body camera, admitting like, yeah, she was, she was about to stab me. That cop saved my life. The story here is white cop saves black girl's life. Period. Done. But no, the left is saying it's another instance of police violence against the African-American community. Lots of people also saying that for whatever reason he she shouldn't have been killed because 
it's disproportionate to have a knife. It's basically, it's disproportionate to shoot someone who has a knife. Go ahead, put up my screen. This is uh, from a professor yesterday. Uh, this is one of the images I don't think we got to yesterday. Mr. Brewster, put up my screen. Here we go. Brittany Cooper, she's verified on Twitter. A black girl is dead because the cops brought a gun to a damn knife fight. If you don't know how to de-escalate teen girls who are fighting, you should not be a police officer. I said what I said, hashtag Makia Bryant. And I don't want to hear it from folks who keep saying cops protected other black girls. I'm glad they're safe, but most of y'all don't even give one F about black girls. You just won't, you, you just won't reasons not to, <laughs> you just won't reasons not to hold police to higher, better standards for policing. Yeah, apparently she's a professor and that was the sentence that she decided to type. Um, okay, let's sell this once and for all. A knife is deadlier than a gun. Shocked? Yes, a knife is deadlier than a gun. And what do I mean by that? If you have a knife and you are going up against someone with a gun, odds are the person with the knife will win. And by win, I mean the person with the knife is going to get stabbed before the person with the knife will get shot. Yes. Don't believe me? They teach this in police academies. It's called the 21-foot rule. Now, some people disagree. Some people say it should be less. Some people say it should be more. But the whole premise is that if you have a gun holstered and someone has a knife, that they can run 21 feet and kill you before you can unholster your gun and get a, get a shot off. And even if you do unholster your gun, chances are you're going to miss because someone's chasing you with a knife. So th this is what they teach police officers. If you're going to be up against someone with a knife, uh, treat it like a gun because chances are they're going to close the distance and kill you before you can neutralize that threat. And we have a clip. This clip always makes the rounds whenever we have a shooting like this. We have a clip uh, from a local affiliate talking about this 21-foot rule. We've played it a lot on the show in the past. The 21-foot rule, let's play cut four. We set it up out in the open with a different assailant. You can see it play out as a recruit from this year's class easily covers the 21 feet before the officer can draw and shoot him. Police say reaction takes longer than action, something they call the reaction gap. We timed the video, and it took just over 1.5 seconds for the guy with the knife to cover the distance. So that's it. That's the 21-foot rule. And again, some trainers say it's less. Some say it's more. Regardless, there's a number out there. I like 21 feet because it's what I've always been taught. 21 feet, that is the distance someone with a knife can close before a police officer or anyone with a gun can neutralize the threat. Now, in this case, you have a police officer who has a gun drawn, already drawn. Right, you have a uh, assailant who has the, her back to the officer. So the uh, the odds of this assailant, this this girl, covering that distance and and getting him, she probably didn't even know he was there. Very slim. But police are trained to treat someone who is holding a knife or committing a violent act with a knife as if they had a gun. Because if we're being completely honest, a lot of cases there are stab wounds that are much harder to to treat than gunshot wounds. Right? Obviously, gunshots incredibly deadly. A through and through, though, as long as it doesn't hit a vital organ, chances are, or, or an artery, chances are you're going to survive as long as you get to the hospital in, in enough time. A couple stabs with a chef's knife? No, there's, you're going to bleed out, right? It's, it's much more deadly to get, get stabbed a couple times with the chef's knife in the abdomen. You can't put that back together. You can't fix that. A bullet hole? Yes, as long as it misses vital organs and misses arteries. And it's a through and through and it isn't tumbling around the body. Yeah, you, you, you have a very good you have very good odds of surviving. Hey, Max, real quick. Yeah, uh, a gun is a ranged weapon, right? Which means you yes. typically want to keep your opponent at range. A knife yes. is a melee weapon, meaning that you can be as close as you want. A gun does not have unlimited ammo, but a knife has an unlimited cutting surface. The wound that you can generate in the largest organ of the human body, which would be the skin, is unlimited as long as you just keep swinging. Just gonna, yeah. you know, I've taken a few classes yeah. once or twice, so people don't huh? realize how dangerous a knife is in a in very a dangerous situation. I mean, some of those wounds you cannot close. Yeah, you can't. I mean, and and that's why you look at international treaties; they banned triangle-shaped bayonets specifically for the reason that you can't fix the wounds. 
right? There are certain bayonet designs that you cannot use in warfare because it's just unfixable. You create a wound track that cannot be fixed, even with all modern technology, cannot be fixed. Someone just someone will bleed out before you even have a chance to put pressure on them, pressure on the wound. Knives are incredibly dangerous. And yet, if they close that distance and you don't keep them at distance, then yeah, chances are you're going to die. Whoever has the knife is probably going to win the day. I mean, people, people keep saying, well, he was at distance. Well, I keep asking, what did they want him to do? Did they want him to walk up and shoot her point blank? No. And, and this is why I can't stand it with, with this Brittany Cooper, this professor. Um, Brittany Cooper, obviously, go ahead, put it on my screen again, just for anyone who hasn't seen it. If you don't know how to de-escalate teen girls who are fighting, you should not be a police officer. This is not a schoolyard to use a probably sexist term in terms of, according to some people, this is not like breaking up a cat fight in the lunchroom, right? It's not like these, these girls are on the ground just pulling their hair, pulling each other's hair. This is a girl who pushed another girl up against a car and was in the process of killing her. So again, they reduce it. They reduce it down to, to ridiculous terms. Like, oh, uh, this officer clearly didn't know how to deescalate teenage girls who are fighting. Hoping that people who haven't seen the video say, oh, yeah, this is that's what happened. That's what happened. No, she was trying to murder another human being and the cops stopped her. Period. I, I wish I could just say period. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's not the end of the story. Because the media is trying to twist it. NBC News got caught editing the video to remove the mention from the 911 call that the assailant had a knife. So just to put it all in perspective, we, we yesterday we got the 911 call. They released it. The officer responding on the scene knew that there was someone with a knife trying to stab someone else. So it wasn't like he just saw this come out of nowhere. He knew, okay, I'm coming into a situation where one person has a knife and they're trying to kill another person. He knew that. That came across on the 911 call. When NBC News played, replayed their little segment with the 911 call, they removed that from it. Let's go ahead and play cut number five. Just before yesterday's verdict, a police officer shot and killed a 16-year-old black girl in Columbus, Ohio, saying she was threatening others with a knife. Police body cam video was quickly released. Our Kevin Tibbles has that story, and I need to caution you. The images are difficult to watch. Police body cam video shows Micaiah Bryant's final moments. When a Columbus, Ohio police officer responding to a call gets out of his car and seconds later fatally shoots the 16-year-old girl. Authorities say Bryant was threatening two other girls with a knife. It's a tragedy. There's, there's no other way to say it. It's a 16-year-old girl. Officer Nicholas Reardon, who joined the force in December of 2019, was responding to a 911 call. We need a police officer here now. Video shows Reardon approaching a group of young people in this driveway. What the video shows is the female with the knife attempting to stab the first female. Reardon fires his weapon four times, striking Bryant. Officers are seen and heard performing CPR. Body camera footage shows a knife on the ground. The city released video from the incident within hours and launched an independent investigation. We have to ask ourselves, what information did the officer have? What did he see? How much time did he have to assess the situation? And what would have happened if he had taken no action at all? The Columbus mayor right, pushing it, for transparency. I want to make sure we got to that last bit where they're saying, well, what information did he have? He knew that someone was trying to kill someone with a knife that was in the 911 call. But notice NBC News didn't include that little bit when they played the 911 call. They just include the shouting. We need a police officer here now. And then also notice that the only mention, the only sh shot of the knife was when it was on the ground. That's important because there are a lot of people still out there who are claiming that the knife was not in her hand when she was shot. They, they do this often. They did it with that little homicide guy. 
Remember the Chicago kid who was shot? The, oh, he didn't. Well, the gun wasn't technically in his hand at the moment he was shot. They tried to do that with her too. So it, it is it is clear why whoever's editing that is only showing you the shot of the knife on the ground to reinforce the lie that she was unarmed when she was shot, that she had dropped it and he still shot her anyway. People in the comment section saying, why four shots? Why did he shoot her four times? You shoot, you are, you are trained to shoot to neutralize the threat. That's what you're trained to do. You are trained to shoot until the threat is neutralized. Four shots is not an uncommon amount of shots to fire on a suspect in the process of stabbing another human being. This isn't, these aren't the, this is the movies, right? This isn't a movie, it's not a TV show. One shot doesn't instantly kill people. Two shots doesn't instantly kill people. Four shots is not an excessive. Now, if he stood there and he emptied his entire magazine into her, then yes, ex absolutely excessive. Four shots, especially one, two, three, four, not an excessive use of force because he's neutralizing a threat. And that threat is deadly force being used against a bystander. So four shots might seem excessive, but we don't live in a world where one shot automatically kills someone. And we don't live in a world where the first shot automatically hits the target. We don't. It's just, these are fantasy rules. So, so the skepticism, it's okay to be skeptical. But just understand that a police officer shooting four times against someone in the process of murdering another person is not excessive. It just isn't. Fox News covered this and they played the NBC part and then showed what NBC left out. Really interesting. Let's go ahead and play this cut six. Meanwhile, some media outlets are taking heat for their coverage of that shooting. Some noticing that NBC News left out a key part of the 9-11 call in their nightly news coverage. Here's the excerpt that they aired. Officer Nicholas Reardon, who joined the force in December of 2019, was responding to a 911 call. We need a police officer here now. Here's the part they omitted. Grown girls over here trying to fight us. And while the anchor did note that Bryant was armed with a knife, the network did not show viewers video of the knife in Bryant's hand just before the shots. It's a lot of editing. So, wanted to play that. A um, couple of people in the comments section saying that four might still be excessive. That's my opinion, but not doesn't necessarily make it fact. This is, uh, I, I just, I disagree with you. Go ahead, put up my screen. This is a study that was done on New York Police Department officer-involved shootings. And it, it, it tracked the number of shots in officer gunfights. So they it tracked it across 10 years. 1990 to 2000. And what they saw was that the the probability of getting hit was about the same. I mean, 2000 was very low, 9% probability. But when you look at number of shots fired per officer, 4.4 was the average. 3 3.7, 3.6, 4.4, 6.2, 6.1, 5.3, 5.5, 5.9, 5 6.9. The average across that 10-year period was 5.2 shots fired per officer per incident so the on average in that 10-year period when a new york city police officer had to use his weapon and fire his weapon on average they fired 5.2 shots so just statistically four shots fired is not ex an excessive number now you might say that yeah maybe it should be less that's fine it is not outside of the mean it is not above average of what you would expect from an officer responding to an active murder in progress. Just want to make sure we, we put that out there because numbers are important and they're claiming that four was too much, should have been three, should have been two. I, I, people love to Monday morning quarterback this stuff. But the truth is when that guy got out of his squad car, he saw a girl getting kicked in the head and another girl about to be stabbed by a knife. And he deployed force in a reasonable amount given the circumstances of the situation. 
Don's saying, has anyone interviewed the girl in pink? I don't think so yet. There is a video f circulating of her talking to an officer who had responded to the scene, who's putting her in a squad car just to like have her calm down, um, where she was mentioning that the girl was trying to kill her. So we, we do have that. I don't have that ready to go today. I saw it last night. Couldn't find it again. That's what I hate about Twitter or, or YouTube. A lot of the clips that you find disappear. <laughs> like I, I find a lot of clips that I want to use for the show overnight. Those clips always seem to disappear by morning when all the staff members are back in so they can suppress, they can shadow ban, they can shadow ban the content. So nowadays, I didn't last night, but nowadays I save the videos at night just so I'm not left wondering where they all go come morning. So yeah, so <sighs> average 5.2 shots per incident, four is not excessive in terms of that average. Now, if you think this is the first time the NBC News edited a 911 call to try and portray someone as racist, it isn't. Go back and remember the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman case. NBC News deceptively edited the 911 call to make it seem like when Zimmerman was talking to the dispatcher that he unprompted mentioned that, that the, the person he was, he was tracking was black. It was edited that way to make it seem like race was top of mind for George Zimmerman. But as we now know, that's not how it happened. George Zimmerman told the dispatcher he's black because the dispatcher asked, what is his race? So we're going to play this as an old clip. But most of you will remember it. Some might. I want to let you see it. This is NBC News a few years ago editing the George Zimmerman 911 call. Let's play cut number seven. This guy looks like he's up to no good. He looks black. Did you see what he was wearing? Yeah, a dark hoodie. This case drew national attention after 911 tapes were released from the night Zimmerman, a neighborhood watch volunteer, shot and killed Martin, an unarmed teenager. Are you following him? Yeah. Okay, we don't need you to do that. Martin's family says the problem with all of that is that police accepted Zimmerman's statements as the scene as fact and never gathered any more evidence that might reveal what really happened then. This guy looks like he's up to no good or he's on drugs or something. It's raining and he's just Here's the real call. walking around looking about. Unedited. Okay, and this guy, is he white, black, or Hispanic? He looks black. So there you go. The dispatcher asked, is he white, brown, or Hispanic? And Zimmerman on the phone said he looks black. But when NBC played it, they, they put up a transcript and then they cut that question out of the transcript cut that question out of the audio to make it seem like unprompted. He just said, oh, he looks black. He looks black to create the notion that he's running around chasing this guy because he doesn't like black people. When in reality, the only reason race was mentioned was because the dispatcher asked. So NBC News has a long history of this, of editing 911 calls, very slight edits that might not seem important, that might be small enough to explain away and say, oh, well, we're limited for time. We're limited for time. I, I don't buy it. Right? We just heard the 911 call from uh, the Columbus case. The 911 call from the Columbus case, it's a girl screaming that someone's with a knife trying to kill us. That is made for television audio. Remember, we say it on the, on the show all the time. If it bleeds, it leads. That is someone screaming out that someone has a gun. They're trying to kill us. Why would anyone not include that in, the, uh, in their segment? Interesting, isn't it? And then at the end of the segment, they have that politician saying, well, I want to know what the officer knew and when he knew it. He knew that someone had a knife trying to murder someone else. He wasn't in there reacting. He knew what he was walking into. He saw it and he neutralized the threat. But no, they'd rather create the narrative. They'd rather create the narrative that, he, that the officer was somehow racist, that the officer made a mistake that the officer didn't know what was going on and acted impulsively. It's disgusting, isn't it? And it, this, isn't, this isn't a crazy hypothesis because NBC does this all the time. They edit out the, the footage to make someone seem racist. Now, I, I, a lot of times we call out the mainstream media. We call them out. And, and a lot of times they're very deserving of it. But ABC at least a little bit, deserves a little bit of praise because they played the video and they stopped the video 
and highlighted the knife so that all of their viewers could see she was holding a knife when she was shot and she was in the process of murdering someone. So this is how ABC covered it. And they did they did a, eh, a pretty good job. And it at least showed people that, yeah, she was holding a knife. It wasn't on the ground like the conspiracy theorists claim. She was holding it and trying to kill someone with it. Let's let's play cut number eight. Today, police yeah, releasing so they played 911 the right calls and new body camera footage of the incident. Officer Nicholas Reardon stepping out of his vehicle, approaching multiple people in an altercation. It appears Micaiah Bryant in the black t-shirt and jeans swings a knife at the girl in pink. Officer Reardon then firing a burst of shots. She had a knife. She just went at her. Officer. So do you see how if you watch ABC News, you are more likely to come out of that by saying, yes, this was a legitimate police shooting, shooting someone with a knife. They, they mentioned on the 911 call that someone says someone's trying to stab us, identifying that the police officer knew what he was walking into. They highlighted the knife by pausing it, right? And then they included the footage from the body camera after where the cop says, yes, she had a knife. So if you watch that ABC and that's the only thing you see, you are more inclined to come out of this and say, you know what, as, as sad as it is that a professor, that, that a, a child died, as sad as that is, unfortunately, that child brought it upon herself by trying to murder someone else. We'll play it again. But if you only watched NBC, you come up, you come out with the notion that, well, the knife was on the ground. Well, what did the officer know? Did the officer know what was going on? Let's play Let's play the NBC one just a little bit again. Play cut five just so we can put it um, side by side. This guy looks like he's up to no good. He looks black. Uh, cut five. That was a Zimmerman. Let's go to cut five. See, during the investigation. That investigation will help us determine whether or not there was a violation of any laws. Of this is the end of it. That's the end of it. Um, never mind. Well, we all, we all watched it. If you watch the NBC version, you are more likely to come away with, oh, that she shouldn't have gotten shot. Whereas the ABC painted it in a, in a completely truthful way. The officer knew she had a knife, saw the knife, shot, and immediately after said, I shot because she had a knife. Immediately after a shooting is when you get the most honest answers from someone involved in a shooting. Immediately after. So, I mean, that, that is, it's pretty cut and dry at that point. Now, we were going to play this yesterday. And I didn't know if I was going to play it. We're going to take calls. 888-441-1121. Joe's not in today. Joe let me know relatively late that he wasn't going to be here. So I, I don't have a ton planned for a second hour. But if people want to call in, we can do a second hour. And we can, and we can talk more about this. Talk in general. Talk about the LeBron James nonsense. Um, I, I still don't think he's been punished in any way, shape, or form. 888-441-1121 is our number. We'll go a second hour. And uh, if we get callers, we'll go the whole hour. If not, we might end early. Um, but we've, we've got a lot of trolls calling in. So if you want to talk, if you want to talk about this, even if you disagree with me. Yeah, Max. If you, disagree, if you disagree that it's excessive. Up. Yeah. But phones have been blown up. If you disagree with my assessment that four shots is not excessive, call in. If you disagree with my assessment that McKee was in the process of murdering another human being, call in. If you disagree with the assessment that LeBron James is a scumbag who's trying to dox a police officer and get him killed, Colin, happy, happy to talk to you. Happy to debate. Right? I, I, as long as you're not going to be angry or, or vile, happy to debate. Right? 888-441-1121 is our number. On the other side, I wasn't going to do this yesterday, but lots of people are latching onto this. We're going to play the clip from Makia's aunt. I don't know if I'll play the mother because she was a grieving mother, but the aunt said some uh, some stuff that obviously isn't true. Um, so on the other side, we're going to play that, play a little bit of Greg Gutfeld, what he said after the um, the Derek Chauvin case and the verdict was decided. Truly despicable, what he said. And we have a little bit from we, we have a little bit from Ben Shapiro. Towards the end. Completely unrelated, but a funny clip. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. 888-441-1121 is our number. If you want to call in, we will be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. 
With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.